Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Acts chapter 20 and reading for our text, verse 32. Verse 32, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Acts 20 and verse 32. The Apostle here says to the Ephesian elders that they will not see him again. He was leaving them, he had been ministering to them over a number of years, and now he is leaving them. They won't have his ministry They won't have the word. But like it is expressed by Peter in his epistles, he desired that even after his death, they might have these things still in remembrance. And so we have his epistles. Here the apostle, he commends them unto God and to the word of his grace. You might think what is the difference between recommending something and commending something. We could, on a personal level, recommend or commend someone as an applicant for employment Both words could be used, but to commend is used more specifically and that is for public praise. For example, he was commended for bravery. And the way, and I want to just draw your attention to this in this verse because when I first looked at it, I took it the the other way. We might think that Paul would say to these Ephesians, now I'm leaving you and therefore I would commend God to you. Instead of me, you have God in my place. He is still with you. If Paul was going and someone else was coming in his place, he would speak of that person and say, listen to that person's ministry. I commend him to you. He's a good minister. But it's put the other way around. It is, I commend you to God. If he is doing this in prayer, he is going before God in prayer and saying, praying unto God, here is a people, here are the Ephesians, thou hast used me in a ministry to them, brought me to them, they are a people that are prepared for you a people suitable to be saved. Perhaps to put it in an extreme way, this couldn't be said 
to an angel. Because angels are not sinners. Angels are not to be saved. He couldn't commend angels to God as a suitable people or being for God to show his saving grace and mercy upon because they are not fallen. But he can commend to God and say, here is a a people, a people that need thy grace, that need thy blessing. Now, of course, it works in both ways. If we think of the situation of an employee or an employer, then there is a mutual help, isn't there? If it is said this person would be a good employee for you, or this employer would be a good employer for you, if it is a right way, then both would benefit each other. And so in that, in that sense, the apostle would be right in saying to uh, these people, I am going, but I commend God to you. You look direct to God. You come straight to God. But it's interesting that he puts it this way. I commend you to God and not only to God but to the word of his grace I commend you to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified turn to Look with the Lord's help this evening. Firstly, a church, or in this case it's the elders of the church, commended to a word, and that word being the word of his grace. And secondly, why the church is commended to the word of God's grace because we're told here is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. A church commended to a word. Again, I want to go back to this thought in the, in the way that it's put, because... Some of those people might be very tried and very tempted and think that they are not the suitable subjects for God. That the word is not for them. The apostle, he uses his own example of being such a notorious sinner who persecuted the people of God that he was the chiefest of sinners and therefore none may despair. All may have hope of salvation as he had obtained it. And he is thinking then in that sense that here is one that is a right character for the word of God. Now you might say, well, 
Isn't it the case for all as the gospel is to be proclaimed and preached and really when we think of the word here, the word of his grace in verse 24 we have the apostle uh, saying of the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The word of his grace is the gospel and the gospel is good news and it is good news for sinners and it is in effect then what Paul is saying here to these Ephesians the gospel is good news for you you are the right subjects of this word don't be in doubt as that that word is for you and it may especially be said to those that the Lord has quickened into spiritual life given them to feel their sinnership those that need assurance need assurance that they're not too bad for the gospel the hymn writer says sinners can say and none but they how precious is the gospel how precious is the Lord and there are many that still in unregeneracy and they wouldn't hesitate to say well we're, no, we, we're entitled to the word and the Lord shall bless us and we shall go to heaven but really it is only those that have been quickened into life that really know what sin is how desperately wicked their own hearts are to know what they really deserve and it is those that need assurance and to actually know that the apostle here who knew this people knew all about them, he was able to say in this way that I can take you as you are, as sinners, as those who are quickened by God's grace, those who know the worst state of your own heart and commend you to God and not only to God but to the word of his grace. I wonder how often we really think of how vital it is for us to be prepared for the word of God's grace. We think of the apostle writing to the Romans in chapter 10. And we've referred to this this morning, but he said that he bare them record that they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, had not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now grace, really the meaning of grace is the pure, the pure gift of God, the pure 
the favour of God not mixed in any way at all with works. Knows why? And, and we think of how the Apostle wrote to the Ephesians. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2, You hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And what does he say? Of the grace, for by grace ye are ye saved, through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And then to make clear what grace is, that is not mixed with works, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which are the fruit which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So Paul was writing to the Romans as those really that were not suitable at that time for grace because they didn't feel their need of it. They still were clinging to their works. They still were thinking that they could by some deeds of their own merit salvation. And so the gospel was not needed by them. They did need it, but they didn't feel their need of it. Their heart was not open to it. Their ear was not open to it. And that is the state, that is the condition of, of many, we may say all, who have not had their eyes open to see the depth of the fall. One of the, the, the vital things that is really a key to all real doctrine, true doctrine, is a true knowledge of the malady of a sinnership. And it is only God that can disclose what the heart is and show to us our real need of a saviour. Otherwise, it's just our Lord came to give us an example. Many times that is set forth, that is true. But that's not the main reason why the Lord came. The Lord came to fulfil the law and to die in the place of his people, to shed his precious blood as required by the law. Without the shedding of blood there is no remission and the price demanded for sin and for the life of the people of God was that it should be the law fulfilled in one dying in the place of those that were sentenced to death. And we are under the sentence of death. Every one of us must die. But the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ is life through his death. Our Lord died and he rose again. He ascended up into heaven. And it is those that the Lord by his grace teaches that they are sinners and cuts off from them any thought of righteousness, goodness or merit in themselves. And those that are brought to that place, they can then be commended to the word of God's grace. Sinners can say, and none but they, how precious is the Saviour, and maybe really 
be able to discern this, are we, would we, be able to be commended to the word of God's grace? If we perhaps use the illustration of in a medical way, we might have a very skilled physician, one that is able to perhaps form, perform operations or effect cures. And there be many people that their condition, it doesn't suit what he is able to do. You couldn't say to a person, I commend you to this surgeon because I know from your symptoms and from what you're going through that you are just the type of person, you have just the condition that he is able to treat. But if you knew another person and you knew what they had and you thought, it doesn't match. I, I, I can't commend you to that surgeon because your condition is not what he treats. And it is in this way that the Apostle is bringing these Ephesians and he is saying, you, yourselves, I can commend you to God and to the word of his grace. To the gospel, the word of God that brings the grace of God to a sinner, makes it known to him, makes it known of what Christ has done, what he has accomplished at Calvary, what he has done in his perfect life of obedience, a righteousness wrought out, a proof that he is the true God, the sinless one, the one who could offer that perfect sacrifice, the empty tomb, assurance given unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. No, I believe this, that those that truly can be commended to the word of his grace, will find in that word such words as so suitable to them, so precious to them, such full of hope. What if it was put in this way? I commend you to the word of the law. Commend you to the word of the law. John says that the law by Moses came, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. It is pointing to the gospel. Our Lord says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but should have eternal life. But what was the serpent lifted up for? Who? For those that were bitten 
by the serpents. Those that were dying. Those that couldn't help themselves. That's what the serpent was lifted up for. And Moses, he would command all of those bitten sinners to look to the serpent. And you are the suitable ones. It's a blessed thing to realise that what the Lord has done in beginning prepares for the word of his grace. The Apostle Paul says of his own conversion that he was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And that which was ordained unto life he found to be unto death. And yet the Apostle would say here, though I found that unto death, though it slew me, And though it brought me as a guilty sinner, it brought me into a place where instead of as a Pharisee looking to be approved unto God by works, I now for the first time had a heart open to receive the word of grace. Ready for the gospel. Ready to receive mercy. Mercy, mercy through blood, I make my plea. God be merciful to me. And so as the Apostle commanded these Ephesians to the word of God's grace, so I would commend each one of you here, each that hear me this evening, those of you that feel your sin, those that you uh, that know what you deserve, those that know that your own works are but filthy rags and not to be trusted in, to commend you to the gospel. A realization that you are one for whom this word is to be especially precious, so suitable at this time. It may be to those like the Apostle, one time in his life, this word was not precious. He had no need of it. He didn't want it. The Lord brought there to be a time that he began to be in want, like the prodigal. He began to be in want. We think of it in another way. David, a man after God's own heart, is in a way of restoring. When he had sinned in adultery and murder, And then he is brought to conviction under it through the parable of Nathan. And he says, I have sinned. Immediately then, he is in a very different state than his hardened state that was before. When he's brought into conviction, 
Immediately we have the word of the gospel through Nathan. The Lord hath also put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. The same God that brought him to confess, to fall under, to bow before God's hand, pronounced his forgiveness. The Lord Jesus Christ is exalted to give repentance and remission of sins unto Israel. His name, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And we can be sure his people will be brought in his time and way to know that they are sinners, that they are then brought into a place where they are, we may say, ready to be saved, suitable to be saved, an ear opened, a heart opened, a longing for that word of mercy and grace. The Lord knows how to prepare the woman at the well of Samaria really in one discourse prepared her and gave her that living water with the apostle it was said it was hard for him to kick against the pricks and we get the idea that there had been some time there that he resisted the word of the Lord but the apostle has known these people here in one way it must have been hard for him to leave them when he saw he was a people that needed the gospel. They needed the word. But he was able to commend them to the word of God's grace. There's another way that possibly we could look at this. I don't believe it is the originally intended from what follows on because how it follows is which is able to build you up not who is able to build you up but when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he is the incarnate word and by the grace of God, the Lord Jesus Christ was given. And so in that sense, the apostle could be saying here now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. His word, the word of his grace, the way that all grace comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I think with the context from verse 24, the gospel of the grace of God and then which follows is more designed, the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the word preached, the word written, the holy infallible word of God, the word of God's grace. I just notice in before we move to the second 
point as to why the church is commended to the word of God's grace is the way that the text begins. He addresses them as brethren. And remember, of course, the apostle is an apostle. And yet he is speaking to those that are elders, you might say of lesser uh, standing, but he speaks of them as, as brethren. And I know when I was first brought to faith, it seemed to be a strange thing sometimes when there were those who had been long in the way, ministers of the gospel, those that I really looked up to and esteemed. And they started to call me a, a brother in faith or brethren. And I thought, but, but who am I? What am I compared with you? But in the word of God, though we may have different offices and different roles or standing in the church of God. The apostle here reminds us that we are all brethren, brethren of the Lord. I remember, I think it might have been in the Gospel Standard, one of the little booklets of Mr. Ansbottom, and he he made the point about what is said of deacons. In some churches it is said, well, there's a senior deacon, a junior deacon. And he said, in the word of God, there's no such distinction. You're either a deacon or you're not. There's not a hierarchy. Uh, and sometimes we, we can perhaps go a bit beyond what is written in the word. And I, I just... Uh, point that out as the text begins and now brethren and thinking of the difference between the apostle and those that he is addressing. Really the, the youngest, a child that was converted and brought to faith would be referred to as the brethren, as a brother or sister in Christ. Their position in Christ, their relationship in Christ. It's a beautiful uh, thought in that way. I want to then think with the second point, why the church is commended to the word of God's grace. And this is where, again, it looks like the, the, it is a twofold way and here it is put in the benefit, in the way that the gospel, the word of God's grace, is able to affect them. And the first thing is said, it is able to build you up. He doesn't say able to build some of you up, or some of you are a bit behind in the faith, or some of you need... Uh, more strengthening really with the people of God there's always that need to be built up even if we got to the end of our journey after uh, 60 years in the way 
we'd still say we know but a little of the things of God. We see so much need to be built up, to be strengthened, to have our coast enlarged, to know something more of those riches of Christ that we've only just started a little to drink a drop of. When we think of the ocean, if we go down to the sea, we couldn't possibly comprehend it all and the greatness of it. We can get a few drops of it and we say we've partaken of the, the ocean. We've had a little bit of it, but we could never fully enter it. But the Lord has said that where he begins, he which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And there is a need for the people of God to be built up. It's put in the prophet Isaiah that he shall teach them line upon line, precept upon precept. Let me think, and I think of my profession as a design engineer and the things that I know, and especially when at the peak of my profession be able to draw upon and the machines to design and to draw. And I think, how did I come to that? I might look at one that was just leaving school and I think, how could they come to that ability? I was always frustrated when I first finished my training because every job applicant uh, I apply, a job I applied for, it said, must have five years' experience. I thought, well, if you won't employ me, how can I get any experience, let alone five years? But after I had been in the profession, then I realised why they needed that experience. There was a need to be built up. There was a need to have that experience and that understanding to be able to be of any use uh, to an employer. And so when we think of a child beginning school, and they begin to learn their letters first, and then the words, and then sentences, and then their numbers, and then the basic maths, and all the way through schooling, it's building up upon what has been learnt before. And in the things of God as well. They shall all be taught of God. And the Lord said to his disciples, I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now. Later on, when he had died and risen again, and sent forth then his disciples, the Holy Spirit given, then they could bear them. Then they could have those things revealed to them. And so there is a building up. And often it is through trials and tribulations. We mentioned the context of this chapter where there had been that uproar, the opposition when the idolaters had been converted and no longer wanted their idols. 
but it was to be strengthened in the ways of the Lord, established in the ways of the Lord, built up to really understand what they believe, why they believe it, and to be built up in their most holy faith. And so it is the word of grace, the word of God's grace that is able to build you up. If this evening you feel your ignorance and weakness, instability, uncertainty of many things, proneness to be tempted, drawn away, attacked by Satan, be shaken in your mind, then here is set before you the reason why the Apostle commends a people to God and the word of his grace because that is able to build you up. It is God's appointed way. It's God's ordained means that he will use for his people. Then there's a second thing. Not only to build you up, but to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Very interesting way that he describes the people of God. He doesn't say to give you an inheritance amongst all those that were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world or an inheritance in heaven or inheritance amongst God's people. All of those things may be right, but he chooses to say among all them that are sanctified. If this, shall, this is how you will know the people of God. It is those that are set apart for a holy use. It is those that are a holy people. Those that are separated from the world. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. This people I have prepared for the word of my grace and the word of my grace is suitable for them, and the word of my grace will build them up, and it will give them this inheritance. Notice just in this one verse, grace, you can never merit it, you cannot earn it, it is free, it is sovereign, it is completely devoid of works. Inheritance, you cannot earn it, you cannot pay for it. It comes through the death of another and it comes by relationship to another or by the will of another. That is the way of the gospel. It is the Lord's work and it is free and is given to sinners. And the number that are joined together in this inheritance in Christ, an inheritance in heaven, are those that are prepared for it here, sanctified and set apart. In the practical sense, these Ephesians, they were once idolaters. 
But through the word preached to them, they heard that word. They fell under that word. They were made so that that word was to be their meat and drink and that word that had been used to uh, convert them was to be the word that built them up and was to be the word that brought them at last to be in heaven, to be with the people of God, to give you, again, another word, is not earned, is not bought, it is given. The gift of God is eternal life. May we really notice the means that God uses. The Apostle does commend them unto God. But then he makes it very specific to the word of his grace. And may we bless the Lord for his word and where he's made that word to be our meat and drink, and so suitable to us. In one sense, this is a token for a child of God. Has the Lord made us so that his word, his word of grace, is suitable to us, precious to us, meets our case, is what our poor souls want, that is what we need. Because that is what the Lord does for those that he will gather as a separated, sanctified people and around the throne at last. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And we may say this, that this building up is a growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, growing more and more in the persuasion that ever my poor soul be saved, tis Christ must be the way, and it must be grace, grace, grace all of grace. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.